Welcome to a toast to rom-coms two days in a row. Woo woo! I mean, not that the listeners know that, but we know that. So, whatever. I think it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this knocked out. Although, I forgot. Oh, you have the list right in front of you. I do. So, this is um, a toast to rom-coms. We go through, um, watch romantic comedies from Rotten Tomatoes, top 50 romantic comedies of all time, um, and talk about some different characteristics of what we believe makes a good romantic comedy. Yes. And whether the Uh, movies adhere to them or not. And whether they adhere to them or not. Yeah. So um, last movie, which we talked about yesterday, was The Apartment, which we decided do not really adhere to the rules. No, it's terrible. Don't watch it ever. Or maybe it does adhere. I mean, there are obstacles. There's a rom-com coincidence. There's a rom-com coincidence, but really, that's about it. Yeah. There, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, I have more hope for today's movie. Good. Today's today's movie is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Hey, I don't think we introduced ourselves. No, we didn't. We didn't. I wanted to hook everyone and to keep listening first. <laughs> They don't give a shit about us. <laughs> they don't care about who we are. <laughs> well, they bettered because of how often we talk about ourselves instead of the movie. So no, that's true. <laughs> they better learn to like us. Um, I am Marie. I'm Allison. And we know absolutely nothing about the technical process of making a movie. So no. Yep. We just like to talk about them. Yep. Uh, so, like I said, we're going to watch, or we're going to not watch, we're going to talk about Groundhog Day today. Um, Allison, do you want to give us a rundown here? Uh, yes. Groundhog Day came out in 93, um, starring the wonderful, the ultimate Bill Murray. So and delightful. Just the best. Um, Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, and I'll give an honorable mention to Stephen Tobolowsky. I think that's how you say it. Who is that? That's um, Ned Ryerson. Oh, okay. Okay. A- and Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. And it was directed by Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, You're good. <laughs> thanks. And it was written by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis. And um, that's really it. Where did I? Okay. There we go. Yeah. So that's Groundhog Day in a nutshell. So our drink today is a French 75, although I'm out of gin after this one. So I will be doing a French 76 after this. Um, a French 75. It is maybe my most favorite drink. It's my favorite drink. And we're we're quarantined. Liquor stores are closed, as we mentioned on last episode. So we wouldn't have chosen this because this is a little bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. We would have done something. We probably would have done her what? Sweet, her sweet vermouth? Yeah. We try to find a drink recipe that either corresponds with something they 
drank in the movie or something that is thematically related to the movie. Um, so in the movie, Andy McDowell's character um, has a drink. It's sweet from Ruth with a twist. And we probably would have had a couple of those. Um, but I don't carry sweet vermouth in my house like and, just to have it nope that's not a typical item that i carry either so um we don't have the ability to quickly buy ingredients so we're going with a french 75 because which she is oh god because she likes those french authors of the 19th century variety i can't wait to talk about that me too <laughs> okay so french 75 is gin simple syrup lemon juice and then you top it with um champagne a french 76 is the same thing but vodka instead of gin i actually use prosecco because it's what i have okay so it's bubbly it is whatever little bottles of champagne bernard bought (laughs) yeah i don't know it could be prosecco it could be brute it could be something else that he has up there i'm not quite sure i was so thankful that i had the forethought like we didn't even decide this until about an hour ago i was so glad that i picked up tiny bottles of champagne or prosecco at giant eagle yesterday so how how many did you get just like three a, f- a three pack yeah three pack so those things are life-changing they really are guys if you don't have or you buy like whole bottles of champagne just for cocktails just for cocktails don't start buying the mini bottles they are fantastic and so very convenient mm-hmm. you changed my life with that pro tip thank you yep at least i have changed someone's life <laughs> <laughs> for the better even if it's only through that <laughs> Um, so Allison, hit us with a summary. I want to drink. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Some of us haven't drank our drink. I forgot. And I took a couple of steps because I love it. Look at you fancy glass again. Yeah. Cheers. Oh yeah. Cheers. Sorry. I forgot that. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is your problem? Your glass. It again, looks like a giant glass of french 75 oh it's a wiggle (laughs) glass but can you please send me a picture of how much fluid is in there because it 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 looks like a tumbler worth of french 75 no it's not a tumbler worth i don't know how many ounces are in here i can i'm trying to think Uh, uh, let me see here (laughs) this isn't gonna work just hold it up like that Okay. And then I will um let you know how many fluid ounces are in these glasses later. Okay. Um Groundhog Day is about um kind of he, a, a man who's a jerk, really. He, yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um and he, because he's an asshole I think fate decides to play a trick on him and just makes him relive the same day over and over and over and over again until he can find some way to better himself. And in the process, he falls in love with his producer, which is Andy McDowell's character. And he gets to know her along with everybody in the community of Punxsutawney. Um, Oh, also, it's important to mention that this entire movie focuses around Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And his name is Phil, like the groundhog. (laughs) <laughs> <Beautiful. Ta-da! laughs> i thought it was perfect 
I perfect summary. I think it's one of my more succinct, mm-hmm. non-babbly summaries. Yeah, I agree with you. Thanks. I'm so glad that I liked Andy McDowell better in this movie than in four weddings and a funeral. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I actually made a note that it was really hard for me to separate the bitch of a person that Andy McDowell was in four weddings and just how lovely of a human being she was in this movie aside from I was like why did you stop and stare at something behind me it's because my dog opened the door <laughs> boxers they look dumb but they're really smart um <laughs> anyway she's just a very nice person uh aside from the French 19th century writers you know she's pretty good yeah and I thought that that kind of says something about how well she plays her roles like it was hard to separate her from the person she played before how many times have you seen this movie oh man I don't know I mean all the way through probably like three or four times but like anytime it's on tv and I can catch like little snippets I watch it anytime you know okay Okay. So, so I mean I've seen I've seen it a bunch but like I guess in pieces what yeah. about you? Okay. Uh, same. Yeah. Because it's always on something. It, yeah. For sure. Um, so opening up the movie, like I, this is so stupid, but I got a little bit excited that they mentioned Pittsburgh again. Because <laughs> Me they mentioned it in the last Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then the news crew, that he, he's a weatherman, and the news crew is from Pittsburgh. So they drove through Pittsburgh, and you saw the bridges, and I was like, yeah, this is really I loved that it opened up with the Pittsburgh skyline because mm-hmm. it's a great skyline. Pittsburgh's yeah. really pretty. Pittsburgh pride, y'all. Oh, Go yeah. For it. Do people... Here's here's a thing. Shout at us on Twitter or Instagram. Not from your house. I can't fucking stand myself. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, message us. Do other places have as much pits, like have as much pride in their cities as Pittsburgh... Yins, yinzers do yeah yinzers I, I feel like yinzers really have like more pride in their city than other places i don't know that's a good question like i don't think anyone can come close to new york mm, i suppose so new york is like super duper i don't and then bernard talked about philly with their sports but i don't know if that's the same as hometown pride yeah so, yeah. yep. So that's what I was really excited about. But my first unbelievability, our first category, how believable is this movie? I mean, you have to, again, we've talked about this in other movies. You kind of have to suspend your belief that this guy's living this day over and over and over and over again. Because obviously that's not believable. Right. It's not. But, but that's what this movie is. He's living it over and over and over again. So... Could that happen? No. Let's move on. We're done with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, go ahead. What was what was your first unbelievability with this movie? Um, I so I, my first unbelievability isn't until like kind of far in the movie. I think it's like day three or four for him, um, because I feel like everything he does leading up to certain parts he's like a 
kind of just a dick. He's hip himself. Um, but my first unbelievability is just like, who punches a stranger in the tummy like Ned Ryerson? <laughs> he just like punches him in the tummy. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Ned Ryerson does it when he meets up to him and he's like, ha, like greeting him. Do you remember that? I... No, I don't remember that specifically. Like one of those joking, like hoo 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 kind of things. Yeah, he comes up to him. yeah. And it's not Bill Murray because obviously he's gonna punch him or whatever, and he's not gonna remember. But like Ned Ryerson come up and he does like the oh hey buddy ba pow, and it's so dumb. Who does that? Flakes. Yeah. But it's uh, someone you haven't seen for twenty years. I mean, to me, Bill Murray essentially looks like he's 55 like, like all, no the matter- <laughs> all the time <laughs> yes <laughs> he never changes to me i wonder how old is he Fifth. Uh, he- no he'd be 70 75 or he is now. he's 70 okay so if this was made in 93 that's essentially almost 30 years ago so he would have been 43 at this movie. I still think he looks 55 in it. Sorry. <laughs> I also think he looked the same age in Ghostbusters, which was <laughs> how many years before that? It was like his hair may have been longer. He didn't get a haircut for Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. but he does look the same. Yep. Yep. Um, my unbelievability was before that. Um, okay. My, mine was, or maybe it, I think it was. How he woke up every day, like face up in the bed, the bones oh, yeah. were not disturbed at all. Just it's like, like, yeah, tucked in, slept like a board. The sheets were pulled up to his chin. Never fucking moved all night. It's like, come on, you roll over. That's a really good point. But every day it was the same. They were just pulled up to his chin. Yeah. Um, my other unbelievability, and then that's kind of it. I really didn't have a whole lot of unbelievability in like the day to day stuff. Um, oh, I guess I might have a couple more, but uh, toasting to world peace. Go fuck yourself. Honest to God, what Saint fucking Teresa over there? Like, yeah, I don't even think she's a saint. Mother Teresa, whatever. You should be a saint by now. So get over it. Um yeah world peace i don't fucking think so no you toast to somebody's health or whatever what you know but you don't toast to world peace get over yourself i thought his toast to groundhog's day or phil or whoever he toasted i thought it was charming i thought it was too like in the moment yeah i think so um Uh, i again but even before that like i just have a list um what's he doing at the bowling alley drinking how did he end up there he's not even drinking he was drinking coffee at the bowling alley when he first started realizing what's happening how did he end up there why is he drinking coffee uh i just think he's bored he's just doing what he wants to do he's just following his whims i don't know that didn't bother me did you look at any of the facts with this movie did you? Okay. So you know how long this is supposed to have. Well, yeah. there's, I, I actually looked that up because there's like different thoughts. I don't know if you saw that or not, but like, 
um, traditionally, like Harold Ramis thought it was going to be about 10 years. But then other people think it was eight years, eight months and 16 days. And then other people say 12 years, six months and 11 days. And then other people say 34 years. So like there's a lot of. Right. Because like the people's calculations about how long he was there are based on how long it took to get proficient at his skills, like the piano playing, the ice sculpting. Okay. So they were trying to figure out how long would it take to get good at this and then factoring in that time. Okay. I mean, if Harold, if the director says 10 years, I'm just rolling with 10 years. Yeah. So... Um, originally, like, he had said something like 10,000 years. I saw that. I was like, I don't even know how that would work. How do you not, I th- how do you not go crazy in that time? Yeah. Everybody says the same shit to you over and over again. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I agree with you there. Whenever so, he starts to get depressed and he wakes up in bed to the alarm and he goes, wake up, campers. It's going to be a cold day out there. It's just so funny. I just love all the crazy shit he did. That's, I guess those are kind of unbelievability things, but in his circumstances, probably not just because, you know, you can get away with it. Yeah, I don't know. I I was thinking about that, too. Like, if you're on, like, year six day 224 doing the same thing over and over again do you lose your fear of like are you really killing yourself and are like well at least it'll be over if i die yeah yeah and come on you gotta steal the groundhog after (laughs) he got bit twice i need to get rabies shots (laughs) anything for his art groundhogs are really mean but i do really think they're cute they're rodents i think most rodents are cute except for rats because they're always they always look wet have you noticed that have you ever had a mouse in your house no okay i don't think so but i also (laughs) um I've I I know myself and I know I would be really struggle with like setting a mouse trap. Well, that's why you get James to do it. He would also struggle. <laughs> <laughs> we are crazy animal people. Well, hopefully the pandemic will be over and Bernard can set up for you then. <laughs> because I think mice are cute. Like a little field mouse, I think they're really sweet looking. I don't they- think I don't think moles are cute. Moles are kind of ugly. Well, you have a cat now, so you might not have to worry about setting a trap. I don't know what she would do. I think she'd just bat it around. I don't think she'd, like, kill it. Instincts? I don't know. I don't know. She's She doesn't, she doesn't seem like the smartest cat. <laughs> I mean, just being honest. Just being honest. I love her all the same, but she, I don't know. Might be a few brain cells missing. <laughs> well, the uh, o- the other day, I don't know if I told you this, I saw her stuck between the screen door and the sliding glass door. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? How did that even happen? She just wedged herself in there. How'd you get her out? I pulled really hard. 
She's fine. <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, no mice. No mice were harmed. That's right. Uh, not, yeah, it's not Scrooge where they're stapling antlers onto mice heads. Uh, Do you remember that? No. Do you ever watch Scrooge? I brought it up because it's another Bill Murray movie. Oh, I do remember that. I do for the production. Uh, yeah. I watch. We watch it every Christmas with all the other Scrooges. Maybe we can do that for a Christmas special. I like it. Okay. So another unbelievability to me was when he was hitting on that Nancy lady. They went back to his place, like the bed and breakfast. They were starting to sleep together. And he alluded to the fact that it was going to be a one night stand. And she got really upset. Yeah. I was like, you th- how do you think that this would be more than a one night stand? Yeah. And then he says that he's always loved her. And then she like gets really into it again. I'm like, Bleh. yeah, creepy. Yeah. No. All right. I got another one for you. I'm telling you, I'm just. You're chock full. I am. When the lady goes up to the armored car for change, she's like, can I have a roll of quarters for this? I'm like, the armored car is not your personal bank. But he's like, sure. And then he drops them everywhere. Uh, it would not happen. They were not allowed to give you change just because they know you. But I love that he steals that money. And then the next scene is him rolling up in that Mercedes in that Clint Eastwood costume. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the spaghetti western garb. Where do you find that in Punxsutawney? I'm sure there's got to be some, like, hunting store that had all of that stuff or whatever. I don't know. A hunting store is going to have a serape? Is that what it's called? Or just a serape? A poncho? Yes. (laughs) I believe that's also called a serape. I'm looking it up. Fine. S-E-R-A-P-E. I just don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Serape. Yes. Um, so there's that. A shawl or blanket worn as a cloak in Latin America. All right. Fine. And I believe it is serape. Good for you. I'm fucking into it. What's the difference between... So a poncho is a serape? I don't know. Well, I, I guess maybe... A poncho can is less specific because there can also be oh here we go poncho versus sarap the main <laughs> or sarape a poncho is a cape a blanket like outer garment and a sarape is a Spanish American wearing blanket worn wrapped around the shoulders oh well, there's pictures and everything to illustrate I'll send you the website later great can't wait I'm gonna scour the it the more you know <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't. I thought that was a little too specialized to come up with in Punxsutawney. Well, there's your unbelievability factor. Yep. Um, I thought Rita's ideal man was completely ridiculous. Uh, so I wrote down all of them because I thought the same thing, too. But then did you write down all of them? No, I just wrote the ones that I thought were ridiculous. OK, so click in your head. Okay. Uh What you think applies to James. Okay. Humble. Okay. Smart. Supportive. Funny. 
romantic, courageous. I don't know. It depends on the situation. If he has to protect me, then yes. Okay. Great body. Kind. Sensitive. What the fuck? Gentle. Plays an instrument. Loves his mom. Not afraid to cry in front of you. (laughs) Especially if we get a good dog movie on. (laughs) (laughs) Loves animals and kids. Will change diapers. Okay. So now of those, you didn't check like three or four, right? That's true. So it's really not that bad. I thought that list was ridiculous too. And then I thought, I was like, oh, you know what? Like Bernard takes a lot of those too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a good 12 out of 14 or something. That ain't bad. Yeah. You go with majority rules there. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Um, I did think his reaction to her studying 19th century French poetry was very believable. Oh, I mean, when someone tells you that they went to college to study 19th century French poetry, (laughs) so he says it and he bursts out laughing. He goes, ha ha, what a waste of time. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. It's so true. (laughs) Who does, I mean, you have one career. If you do that, you have one career. Yeah. Professor. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. So, or a librarian. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, li- librarian. You have to go for library sciences. You couldn't. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Good to know. Mm-hmm. The more it's, you know. Yep. Actually very difficult. Huh. So, um, yeah. So it was a complete waste of time. Yep. So, and can I say a little bit of pretentious? You can. There? You can. Like, that shades of four weddings and a funeral. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I didn't understand. and This isn't necessarily, like, believable or unbelievable, but I thought it was weird that during the course of the day, her hair and clothes changed. It seemed to be different depending on the day. But that's what's strange because it's the same day. But maybe it's how it went with his courting her. You know what I mean? Like she didn't change out of like her work uniform if it didn't go well. And like she tried if it did go well and like she put her hair down. But oh my God, that vest that she wore. Every outfit that she uh, wore. Not her fault. Bad. Wasn't it? I mean, I think that's a costume department. <laughs> but she was wearing, like, god-awful jeans. I think I might have those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's how they were paired. Like, with that, wasn't she wearing a jean shirt and a cardigan? So it was jeans, a jean shirt, and a cardigan. Like an old lady cardigan, too. Not like a cool fucking cardigan. Like a serious, like, 80-year-old cardigan. Yeah. And then she kept the jeans on and then put a non-tailored white button-down shirt on. And she buttoned that thing to the fucking throat. Yeah, she did. With that vest that looks like it came straight off of a couch. 
Yes. <laughs> it was terrible. It was real bad. But I love her hair. In oh, the, it's wild. I love it, too. At, yeah. at night when they're in the snow. And oh, it, it, that's a good look. Great hair. Yeah. Fantastic hair. I'm sure like she's hated it multiple times during her life. But that's how it goes. You know, you want what you can't have. Um, I thought that, so you said you read the facts and did you see the one where it said that they kept the darker aspects of his repeating a day? Like they didn't include them. Nope. Oh yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like they didn't include him murdering people or torturing people. And I was like, well, that would have changed the tone of the movie. So I'm glad, but I did think those suicide scenes got dark but i think it was essential to the story i agree with you but when they're looking down at him in the morgue i was like oh yeah that was sad the one where he falls off the bell tower that was probably the worst yes yeah that was and i'm not saying those weren't believable so i'm not sure why i brought them up maybe (laughs) to say they were believable but it, it was it was dark. If you're stuck in an endless loop for let's say ten years, you gotta one what do you out. Do I guess that's the journey. That's the journey, and you <laughs> fight. It's all about the journey, and you get to the self betterment, and you know, learn some skills, which took a long time for him to get to. Yeah, it did. I don't blame him. I mean, he's a dick. He's got to like completely change his whole self. Okay, we'll save it. Um, how cold does it have to be to for the windows of a house to frost up like that bed and breakfast windows do? Is that believable? I know that's nitpicky, but that was serious fucking frost on those windows. Do they not turn the fucking heat on? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen, oh, maybe like once those polar vortex days. They were you like frost on your windows. Uh-huh. Whenever it was like really, really bad, like negative 19 bad, we had some frost on our windows. I, ha- I love the polar vortex. I, lo- I like the polar vortex much more than the fucking pandemic. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's true. I'll take polar vortex anytime over that. I can yeah. still go to a restaurant <laughs> and have have delicious food and drinks made for me. And I'll have to make them. <gasps> or clean it up. Yes. Oh my God. How many dishes are we doing? I, well, with my, like, I have an apartment dishwasher. Like, our kitchen's just too small for a full dishwasher. So you're like constantly. Yes. We have to run it twice a day. So, yeah. But it's, it's like, what do you do? Do you get paper plates and throw paper plates away or do you do the water? And, you know, it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So. So that was that thing. Um, do you have other unbelievabilities? I'm done. Okay. Um, well, I have just a couple more, I guess. He reads three huge books. Like, remember him at the diner with three huge books? Maybe vaguely. Before he starts playing piano. Okay. I didn't I didn't understand why it would, would take three. Like, you can't read all three of those in one day. So why not just save two of them for another day so you're not carrying that shit around? Because that's heavy. Yeah, it is. I thought the snow sculpture was creepy. The one that he made for her? 
of her yes. face. I think so too. I'm glad that okay. you said that because I did think it was weird. I did not think that was romantic. I was no. like, her mouth was parted. It was almost like she. I don't know. Yeah, it was very dead body ish. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I think I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Um, really quick before we move on, I just want to get on my soapbox a little bit and Let's talk go. about how scary must Groundhog Day be to fill? How terrifying. You're, you're in that little box. You're in that little cage. And then they take you out. They pretend that you whisper in someone's ear. You're in front of a m- million people. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. <laughs> oh, one thing that I really wanted to look up. I meant to do it last night, but I forgot. How many punks how many Punxsutawney fills have there been? Oh, I don't. How, what's the lifespan of a groundhog? I would say what, like five years. Let me look that up. But I'm gonna. How many Punxsutawney fills have there been? I'm gonna say 264. Well, this is bullshit. I'm on the Punxsutawney website, and it says, how many fills have there been over the years? There has only been one Punxsutawney fill. He has been making predictions since 1886. So he's an immortal groundhog. Well, there you go. (laughs) You got to get off that website. Uh, Oh, my God. Listen to this. (laughs) Wikipedia's website says, according to the lore, there is only one fill, and all other groundhogs are imposters. (laughs) What the hell? So we will never know how many fills there have been, but I will look up the lifespan of a, of a groundhog. Because we could take it from that. I assume that apart from that one day, like you talked about like how scared he must be, apart from that one day, he has to have a good life. Yeah. Oh, I was really close. Um, Six years. Oh, yeah. Um, However, in captivity they can live up to 14 years so maybe he has a really good life if he's like held in captivity okay maybe he is immortal so you are against groundhog i mean i'm not against groundhog day i'm just i think against them keeping punxsutawney fell i don't know i have mixed feelings i just feel like he's probably really scared um what do you think about animals and zoos uh, it depends on if the zoo is accredited or not. Oh, so how do you feel about the Pittsburgh Zoo then that left their accreditation lapse? Oh, I didn't know about that. That's really sad. Yeah, they let it lapse because the new rule on elephant handling changed to where like the trainer or whatever can't get as close to the elephant and they disagree with that. So they huh. let it lapse and then... Because it's lapsed, they're not allowed to stay in the Pittsburgh area until they get accredited again. So now you have this whole thing. So I wasn't aware of this. When did you find this out? It was on um, kdk.com a while back. Hmm. I'll try to find it and send it to you so you can read about it. That's really interesting, though. That it's something like that. It's not necessarily that they're mishan- like mistreating animals yeah. or anything. But like you see those elephants and every single time I've been there and like the handlers are there with them, they seem so like attached to their handlers. Like they seem yeah. to genuinely care. For- I don't know. Whatever. We're not an animal rights podcast, guys. We're a rom-com We're podcast. 
We are a rom-com podcast. I think this could be a three-drink movie. I might have to stop it after two, but I'll join you with a beer or something. We got two new kegs on draft. Ooh, what do you have? Peroni. Nice. Always a classic. Very refreshing. It is very refreshing. And then Brooklyn Brown Ale. It's okay. Which, which I don't like. We just wanted to get a brown ale on. And it's really hard to find certain things in six kegs. Like a quarter keg takes a long time to drink. So we wanted something in a six. And I honestly don't remember what it tastes like. So I told like, it's fine. We'll just get it. I'm going to stick with two of these purely for the reason that my toddler was up until after 1 a.m. yesterday with a thunderstorm and then um, was up at 7.30 this morning. So this morning was okay. We watched Cinderella for a while. We was outside playing for a while, and she's down for a nap. But you just never know, you know what's going to happen. You never know. I can't believe that jerk doesn't like a bug's life. No, she's very particular about her movies. But she loves bugs. It doesn't make sense. But if there's no singing and dancing in those movies, it does not matter. Hmm. Loves singing, loves dancing. Okay. Yep. Did you ever try a Grease too? Yes. If I fast forward the parts that aren't singing and dancing, <laughs> she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, are we moving on to obstacles? We are moving on. I mean, obviously he's a dick, right? Yeah. The uh, I mean, the obstacle that he's stuck in like a time loop. I don't know if that's an obstacle though, because that's what helps him be not a dick anymore. That's true. So I would say that that actually helps. It seemed like she was just tired, correct? In the first, like in the last segment when she fell asleep? No, like as a producer for that television show. Oh, we- just hired. I thought you said tired. And I was no. like, what, when she fell asleep? What? No, just hired. Yes. Hired. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. I literally think that was her, like the in the studio, the opening scene, I think that was her first day. So, could I mean, that could be an obstacle as well because – to her it's just one day yeah okay so i don't know i don't know if her just being hired was an obstacle or not it's mostly the fact that he's an asshole i think it's mostly the fact that he's an asshole okay all right that's all i got for obstacles okay uh i'm gonna go you drink a drink and come back yep all right so while we were gone i did two things okay Number one, I did look up Puxatani Phil just to see if there was another website. Okay. That will tell you how many there have actually been, and there is not. It's wild. It is wild. But I found out the reason why there's only one. It turns out every summer he drinks a special punch. No, there's there not. Oh my God. That gives him an additional seven <laughs> years of life. So what there's the a fuck? reason. Yes, yes. There's a whole lore behind it. Oh, there's a fountain of youth, and only Punxsutawney Phil has access. And then two, to answer your question about my glass, that I already took a lot of drinks out of. Yeah, I see that. (laughs) It is a full eight ounces. Yeah. So 
the fact that you're gonna have just two and stop there i think that's a wise decision <laughs> how many ounces is yours uh let's see one and a half i need my calculator yes i need my calculator don't judge me uh it's too late <laughs> it is too late uh like four and a half what yeah you only have four and a half ounces in there like four and a half five one and a half ounce of gin three fourths ounce simple three fourths ounce um lemon and i fill to the top like so it, it's filled to like here I don't, you can't see what i'm pointing at it's filled to like here whenever i'm done and then i fill it to the top with champagne which is probably like one and a half ounces when you're done with that if you're done before the podcast i want you to go down fill up this is what i did fill up um one of those glasses with water and then pour it in a measuring cup and see how many ounces it ends up being all right it'll do because yeah that's what i did i filled up one of these to, with the water and then poured it and it came out to a cup maybe this is like six ounces at most i don't i don't know I mean, I'm not judging you. We're in the coronavirus quarantine. You drink till your heart's content. We ain't got nothing to do. Nothing to do and nowhere to go. And let me tell you out there, like I took a walk earlier and people are not happy. Like people are really feeling like the mental effects, like it's wearing them down. And it makes me sad and my heart goes out to everyone, including including myself like it's hard not to be able to see your family and friends and have no human contact so hopefully like a little bit of joy comes out of what we're talking about here and can pick up people's spirits a little bit i know it's definitely helping for me yeah a little bit for sure renewed purpose kind of yeah renewed purpose um yesterday's podcast not so much too much suicide talk (laughs) too much um just uh, to anybody who's listening, the um, I don't know who I don't know if it was the CDC or what, but I or maybe it's just the government right now or like state, whatever. They are really recommending that you get exercise, get out and walk. They're saying, you know, that's really going to be good for you. So if you're feeling down, go outside, take a walk. I mean, it's gorgeous today or just like, I don't know do do something I'm, I'm telling you what we had like i said we have a toddler and i mean our house isn't tiny it's not like a small apartment but uh you know it helps pulling her outside even if it's rainy putting on a raincoat and getting outside for a little bit mm-hmm. a change of scenery is really nice yeah yeah so it helps and i'm gonna look up i don't know if you saw on buzzfeed there's this guy in the United Kingdom. They're calling him like Britain, Britain's PE teacher or no, something. I, I guess that. he does like live feeds of workouts. That's really fun. <laughs> and his living room. And I want to look him up and see what that's all about. He yeah. does seem like a fun. It does seem like a fun thing. Yeah. So for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I am fortunate enough that I work in a central business, so it. I hate to say this, like it is actually nice to go to my job to get out. But it was so funny. I was talking to James earlier today and like we did like a lot of outdoor activities this weekend because it was actually really nice. Watched a lot of movies and played a lot of games. And he was like, 
man, this weekend's been really nice. <laughs> because, you know, uh, for us, on our, whenever our off weekends coincide, we just plan and plan and plan and don't. You do. So, like, while I really think it's unfortunate everything's going on like this was a nice like little quarantined weekend for me and James just to like hang out with each other (laughs) I think like that's where you and me like are very opposite and we need to like come to middle ground like I need a little bit of your going out and you need a little bit of my staying home (laughs) for sure for sure yeah um but anyway um chemistry with these guys I don't think there's a person that Bill Murray would have bad chemistry with. I think he's one of those just like magnetic actors. Like everybody's kind of drawn to him. He just great. He has that. I don't know what kind of that je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Like to be weird that you say that because I was going to say joie de vivre. Okay. So I just feel like he has some kind of joy, like an element of joy about him that brings out something in everyone like we were talking yesterday about his whole thing with Chevy Chase and I read in the facts that he didn't talk to Harold Ramos for a while I saw that yeah and who knows how true that shit is or not but whether it's ire or happiness or something he brings out something of your personality in you like there's no like oh it's Bill Murray he's just he's there like he's there he's has a powerful person and he's gonna bring something out in you it's like zombie land bill fucking murray it's bill yeah, fucking murray I, I mean i really love him and i know we've touched upon this briefly but i find something attractive about him it might be that like whole element of his personality but there's just something about him do you find him attractive now I haven't seen a picture of him recently, so yeah. let me look that up and I'll get back to you. Um, so you're saying that absolutely, yes, they do have chemistry. Yes, they do. So what about their kiss? Did you like their kiss? Yeah, I did. How about you? Yeah, it was sweet. It, it was. wasn't over the top. I'm sorry. In this picture, let me hold. Oh, uh, yeah. He looks like Bill Murray, just with white hair. Yeah, there's still something there about him. He's got that smile. He's charismatic. Yes, charismatic. That's a great, yeah. Yeah, he's charismatic. So even like in a picture from Google Images, I'm drawn to him. There were two days that they showed in length that seemed to be like really, really good. Their first day where they made the snowman and had the snowball fight and then went back to his place. That was really special, it seemed like. And then the last day also seemed like really special, like before they flipped to February 3rd. I was stuck on a couple things. Okay. On that first day. So he was still like making a list. Remember, like he brought up white chocolate. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, no, white chocolate. So I couldn't figure out if he was doing things with her because he genuinely liked her at that point or he was doing things with her just because he wanted to sleep with her at that point. So I guess. the Should I should I get dad in on this? 
Yeah, go ahead, pick up. See what he thinks about it. Hello. Yeah. What do you hear? Hey. I'm gonna put you up to the. I'm sorry that he can't hear you because I have you on headphones. Hey. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we're doing another one since we have free time. There's. Oh shoot, Marie. Groundhog Day. Compare care to offer a uh, opinion. Uh, very entertaining. Good storyline in terms of the moral. Yeah. What does he it. think the moral is? What do you think the moral is? To be a good person, and good things happen to you. So he thinks that her loving him is what he got in return for being a good person? So do you think that her love for him is what he got for in return for being a good person? Yes. The answer is yes. Plus he learned how to play the piano. He made friends. He was popular in the community. He did his job better. I, I think everything positive happened. Good, good, good thoughts. Good POVs. POVs. Yeah. I didn't. But, yeah, that's a great. I did good. not think of that at all. Okay, um, uh, all right. Thanks for your input, Dad. Bye. Bye. Bye, Dad. <laughs> that was fun. Little interruption. Little yeah, guest. That was fun. I thought that was an excellent point by him something that i was just focusing on her feelings for him as something positive but yeah all the acquirement of those skills people liking him Mm -hmm. him being better at his job like that final day he gave that amazing like news report so i just it seemed like he had a much better life in all things his his job wasn't just like a means to an end oh let's get to a national station it was like oh let me do a good job yeah for Instead sure. Of putting time in. Yeah, that's a great point. I th- way to go, Dad. <laughs> way to go, Stephen with a PH. Um, I liked the. I did like the day where, I think this was a separate one where he was like, "I'm a god. I know exactly what's going to happen." And like, <laughs> he was just wearing like his T-shirt at that point. <laughs> he was like, "Why bother?" <laughs> was that the day that he was shoving like all these foods and sweets and drinking the coffee by the coffee pot, or was that a different? No, that day? was earlier on. Okay, that was earlier on. I'm telling you, I saw all those sweets on that table, and I was like, "Fuck, get me some." Uh, I didn't think that but it was because i was kind of drunk and i just wanted salty things sweet things kind of drunk <laughs> sweet things whenever i'm drunk are appalling like whenever those drunk okay rewind to unbelievability whenever those drunk guys wanted pancakes i was like absolutely not that is the worst drunk food like you give me pancakes covered in syrup i'm puking see i would go like mm, pancakes sweet i don't put a lot of syrup on my pancakes though i like to dip ever so slightly i do my pancakes yeah but then like if you could make them savory like put some sausage on there ooh, that might be good though i do like a savory waffle that's stuffed with like cheese and bacon and stuff maybe that can be your goal while you're in quarantine except you're not really not because you're an essential business yeah so i pretty much am full-time so it doesn't matter 
but maybe that could be my thing as <laughs> yeah that's good um yeah so i i liked their scene where they're throwing cards into the hat um whenever she's falling asleep on him i thought that was really sweet too and whenever they wake up together it was very believable romantic touching but can we can we touch upon like the whole like almost rapey scene that yeah, there was that was bad that was really bad and i think that goes back to like the whole thing like he was just doing that for him at that point yeah that was way before his transformation and he was, was just trying to uncomfortable but he still there was still something in him that did like i'm not i'm not saying that that scene was awful because it was but you could tell like he did care for her before his transformation whether it was in like a selfish way he just wanted to have her like he did like i don't know have feelings for her so my dog has wedged himself oh god in between <laughs> the two refrigerators <laughs> so i just keep rubbing his bum right now like his rump so and he will not move out of there. <laughs> it's just, like, the is it Big Murph? Oh, oh boy, it, it is. How did you guess? It is Big Murph, and he's choosing here, Murph. Murph, Murph why don't you come around this side, bud? Hold on. Sorry. That's okay. There you go, bud. There you go. You can fit that way. Go ahead. You can do it. He couldn't do it. No. Uh, it's okay. All right. Do you think the banter was witty enough? His was. Hers wasn't. But maybe she's too... She might be too earnest for that kind of a thing. I completely agree with you. And I thought the same thing. Like, he had witty banter, but she just was not having it. It's not that I don't think she understood it. I just think that wasn't her personality. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, cool. But I like... Um, Sorry. I like... Maybe this is final thoughts territory, but I, after his transformation was like really complete and he became a good person, I like that he still had like jokes at other people's expense. Like he didn't like completely turn into like this goody goody. Like he was a good person. He had a good heart. He really helped people, but he still like jabbed at him a little bit in like a, you know, good hearted manner, but it was really funny. He didn't. He didn't say things to people to make them feel dumb anymore. Right. He may have. He may have been sarcastic towards them, but it was never mean. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good call because whenever that he did the Heimlich for that guy, he was like, "I mean, next time don't eat a whole cow without chewing or something like that." Yeah. But that whole thing with uh, saving the kid out of the tree. <laughs> He was totally justified with what he said. Yeah. And I didn't remember, like, I read something in the facts. I guess he, was he in the hospital? Like, I didn't notice him before. Did you? No, I just saw it in the facts. He was at the hospital with a broken leg before Bill Murray knew to save him. So, and it leads you to believe that. Okay. So, Bill Murray saved tried to save an old homeless man from dying out in the streets. That was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. That's when I think he truly began to change. Yeah, I think so too. So while 
he took him to the hospital. He waited to see the results, and he saw a kid there with a broken leg. A little bit later on in the movie, he saves a kid. He catches him falling from a tree. It's the same kid with the broken leg. And he says, you never thank me, which leads you to believe that quite a bit of time has passed between saving the old man and then continuously saving this kid as he falls out of a tree. Mm -hmm. So I think that was just a little hint. And if you see the movie once, I don't think you would pick up on it. No, I agree with you. You wouldn't. Uh, very subtle. It's like, I think it's a movie that the more you watch it, you pick out more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I like. I, I agree with you. And I, I like that too. Do you think that our last movie we did, the apartment is like that? Like the more you watch it, the more, no, no, there's no redeeming qualities about that movie. No. Okay. I'm trying to think of other movies like, and if, I think that's a big component like that's a big factor in making a movie like very rewatchable. Um, I think like Harry Met Sally. I think that's one that you could watch for uh, like you know over and over again and just can't get, keep getting new things out of it. Mm-hmm. I uh, agree. Same with uh, probably Silver Linings Playbook and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. What's up, Doc? I bet you could watch that and pick out new stuff every single time. Even movies not associated with this list, like Fight Club, I think is a movie like that. Princess Bride, which we is on this list. Yeah, I think that's a movie like that. Yeah, um, for sure. Young Frankenstein is a movie yes. like that. I, yeah, it's classic. Um, maybe yeah. Um, North by Northwest, name an old movie. Like, there's a lot of movies like that where you continue to appreciate them or your appreciation grows because of things you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And if you think you have a movie like that, I'll urge you to read the IMDb facts about that movie because there's a lot of cool things you can learn. I love movie trivia. I just, it's always so fascinating and entertaining. I agree with you on that. Um... So yeah, chemistry. How, we good? I'm good. Do you have any other points to add? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Moment they fell in love, which I definitely had in my mind, but now it's gone. Do you think we see Phil Connors fall in love with her? There is a moment, the very first scene, whenever he's looking at her on that blue screen, there's something there. You think so? He, yeah, the way they show him pause and he like kind of has this little smile looking at her playing with that blue screen a little bit. Like there's something there. Oh, I don't think I picked up on that. I looked at that as derision. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I thought he was really making like fun of her. Like, oh. I have to listen to this broad. No, I thought I I said he really paused looking at her and then he seemed to shake himself out of it. But maybe maybe I was projecting my own feelings like, <laughs> yeah, lady, it's a fucking blue screen. Get over it. That is not the epitome of technology. I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so moment they fell in love we never actually said so you, you think he felt something for her at the beginning i do i'm not saying that it was love but i think he felt something for her at the beginning what about 
him. You 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 go. <laughs> you go. Um, I think he started to fall in love with her after his whole worldview changed. So after the whole old man dying in the hospital, I think he started falling in love with her in reality. Um, but I I would be hard pressed to identify a moment where he fell in love with her instead of just wanting her. Yeah. And I think it was creating that list like, okay, now I have to stay world peace. Now it's no white fudge. Now she was keeping this hidden from me. So I think it was the companionship and he was maybe the only one he didn't. She was the only one he maybe didn't feel bored with Mm -hmm. him. Her falling in love with him, I think was much later. It was in that last day. Uh, when they were dancing and all the people were coming up to say thank you to him. And then she realized. So it took the entire transformation of his character. Okay. That's, I, I, I probably, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she like paid the money to, to spend the day with him, like the night with him. Cause she wanted to. Yeah. See more. To truly get to know him. Yeah. What was it? Three hundred and thirty-nine dollars and eighty-eight cents. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, iconic moment was really hard for me because I thought there were many. There's so many. (sighs) If I had to put, I'm gonna do your method. If I had to put something on a poster, it was really close between two things. I, but what's winning out is because it's Groundhog Day. Like him with the groundhog driving. It's so good. Like he's in that car with the groundhog driving and he's saying, Don't drive angry, don't drive angry. Yes, and then to find out that he improvised them oh. because the groundhog was really irritated because he's holding, <laughs> holding it by a, a car. I love like, it. No. Yeah, no groundhog wants to be steering a car. So I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely thought that was one of the iconic moments. I agree. Um, And then my other one I thought was them throwing cards in a hat. Ooh, that's one that I didn't think of. And that's really cute. That would, that's a good one. What was one that, what was another one that you did think of? Um at the very end, whenever they zoom in on Bill Murray playing the piano with those sunglasses on. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Hey, did you, I mean, I know you read the facts, but I realized this before I went into the facts and this is how I got into it. I was like, holy shit. Is that young kid that just got married? Michael Shannon. And it was, is Michael. And Shannon. it is Michael Shannon. Yeah, it he's, is Michael Shannon. He's cute. Like he's not creepy. No, and Michael Shannon, if you don't know, um, to name a more recent movie, he was Walt in Knives Out. He was also in The Shape of Water. Great movie. Which I didn't watch. Don't. Oh, but throwback to us. If you want to watch The Shape of Water, don't. Watch Splash. Dead. Watch, watch Splash. <laughs> and please, in honor of Tom Hanks being back in the United States, watch, watch, watch. Or wash. Splash. Yeah. I, okay. I, you know, I, um, I have the really particular drinks 
that we liked starred. And I have the mermaid water rum punch starred because I thought that was delish. On our last happy hour before the pandemic, Bernard made that and pitched a pitcher. And that's what we served during happy hour. Yeah, it was good. And it translated well to being a pitcher drink. And then sad, sadly, maybe it was a foreshadowing as to what was come. Our pitcher broke. We hand washed it and it broke. Yeah, Uh it was a wedding present. Oh, no, that really sucks. I'm sorry. A lot of things from our wedding broke, like the picture we got. Um, didn't you? Was it you who got us a picture frame? Yeah. Also broken. Well, oh, that's unfortunate. One of the expensive vases that was a wedding present, Murphy knocked down. So what a dick. We don't have a lot of stuff left over from the wedding. You don't even have a fucking photo album. No, we don't. Um, you know what? I made one for mom. Remember? I do. So somewhere the wedding photo I made for mom is laying around. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all my wedding pictures. I have a lot out. Oh wait, no, I do have a wedding photo album somewhere. Are you sure? Cause we, yeah, because we got one made. Like you had one made. Ours is nowhere near as nice. I like to think of the three siblings. We have an older brother who was going to do a princess bride, but I don't think we're going to be able to. Yeah. Um, We have an older brother. Then there's me. Then there's Allison in the family. And I like to think that our wedding photos got progressively better. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Wedding photos. Oh. Stephen with a V. Oh yeah, and Marie the second. Yeah, that's confusing. I agree with you. So Stephen with the V and his wife's wedding photos, like they started it off, and they were still good. But they then were. Mine were better, and then yours are the best. Yeah. Shout out to Sandra Chile. She's a great photographer. Yeah. So if you need a photographer and you're in the tri-state region, sure. you can tri-state or. I don't know. I know she travels. She went to Philadelphia or Cape May. So, so if you're if you're around the Pittsburgh area within 400 miles, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. Um, look up Sa- Sandra Chile. Yeah, she's amazing. She's wonderful human being and wonderful photographer. I'll never forget that she thought that I was just going to leave my daughter in the car to cry it out when she was like six weeks old. I don't remember that probably because I was getting getting married married. (laughs) but I don't remember that Um, I know that your daughter was kind of a hot mess she was on your wedding day my daughter cried she was six weeks old and she typically cried from like five four or five p.m till nine p.m at night so she started at 2 p.m that day and she continued to cry until about 10 p.m um but Bernard brought her to the church to get photos taken. She was crying and him or I made a comment to the photographer about how we were just going to put her in the car (laughs) (laughs) and we would pick her up later. She was like, no, no, my husband will watch her. We're not going to do that. We're not going to actually lock her up in the car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she also cares a lot about people in general. (laughs) She does. She does. She's a great human. Um, yeah, she's a very nice person. Yeah. 
Oh man. Ah, uh, Lily. Yeah. Lily, yeah. that was a rough day for her. And I felt bad because I thought it kind of took away from your enjoyment of my wedding day. Oh, my God, did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget sitting with our cousin. He's like, here's my flask of bourbon. Take a couple pulls. <laughs> Although Bernard is lucky because I'm pretty sure he got to miss the majority of the ceremony. He missed the... He missed the majority of the ceremony. In that respect, he is lucky. The dinner, too. Like, oh. all the speeches and stuff. He stayed for my speech because he had a part in it. And then he, and then he like, missed everything. So I brought him his dinner later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it cracked me up that my dad, our dad, sorry, he is your dad, too. He gave our daughter. To the cigar lady? <laughs> no, not the cigar lady. He gave our daughter to the Kochek woman that was also the cigar lady her name was, oh, was donna person yeah yeah donna and was like don't worry donna's gonna take care of her <laughs> and i like went over and she's like she is so beautiful i will take great care of her and i was like whatever i don't even care at this point <laughs> just give her to someone who's not me or Bernard. <laughs> that newborn life i can't imagine I can't imagine. But it sounds like your friends are avoiding the whole thing. Yeah. I shout out to um, DJ Sky and his wife. They're really, I would have, I don't know, actually. I don't know if a quarantine would make it better or worse. Probably worse because you can't escape. It doesn't matter. At, at, when they're so young, you don't want to leave them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's just, you're there. Yeah. That sucks. Um, yeah, it's over. So, do they stay together? They felt, oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they stay together? Yes, I think they do. I think, I think they do he's too. He's learned enough through his ten or so years of being repeating the day that he knows what he wants and he knows who he is, yep. and she's it. Yep, I agree. And she really like we went through that list, which you thought would be really hard to get the majority of those things, but it's not. No, you're right. That was a really interesting exercise. Yeah. So I think that he hit at that point, the majority of those lists, probably not good body. Sorry, Bill Murray. I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, Oh, I don't know if he's ever going to have that good body. No, but he can get everything else. Do you think that's why he learned piano? I didn't hit me until just now. That's a really Is good. Is that why he learned an instrument? I bet. That's awesome. That's a really good thought, Murray. <laughs> he was like, mm, good body or learn how to play an instrument. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I'm with him. <laughs> if I had to choose, like, yeah, I'm working on that instrument. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm not giving up alcohol for that. Uh, yeah, so I stayed together. I feel like Michael thoughts. I feel that Michael Shannon wants one of those final thoughts. Um, this is a really good, just feel good movie. The ending is just so heartfelt. I, I it's just so worth it to watch this movie. Yeah, if you are if you are stuck inside, it's free on Netflix right now. Mm -hmm. It's on Netflix. Go on. Watch Groundhog's Day if you haven't seen it, especially. But if you have, it's you'll still fun. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's heartwarming. It has a good theme to it. You'll like it. Um, watch it. I think this is going to be my rare like five out of fives just because oh, really? I think it has everything that you want. Can I, what, before we get there, um, the gate at the end. Yeah. Did you see that? Like yeah. the, at the, at the very, very end. Sorry. If you've never seen it, you've just had a spoiler. Like we told you the entire movie basically. Um, but at the end, they're leaving the bed and breakfast and he places her over the gate and he dumps the gate while well, he did that because the gate was frozen shut in real life. And so he modified it as best he could. And I thought that was really cute. I think it went perfectly with the movie and both the characters. Yeah, you adjust to what happens in life. Yeah. Um, and my other final thought, I'm sorry, do you have any more? No. Uh, Rita dancing, Andy McDowell dancing while he was playing piano was truly terrible. Did so you... I hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you see that? Like a lot of dancing was like this, and yeah, like oh, is that like a dance? Because Nancy was doing this with their wrists, and then well, Doris I mean, was like this used to be a dance. Yeah, I guess. But then the one was like clapping. Like James was doing it, and he was like, "Oh, what is this?" And he was clapping and doing that, and but yeah, it was bad. It's bad old people dancing. Yeah, and they're not really that. Like Andy McDowell's not old in this movie, so no, no, I didn't. But I think part of her thing was like she had no sex appeal. Like there was nothing coy about her. She was who she was. Yeah. So I think that the dancing kind of played into her character, but she was a terrible dancer. Mm-hmm. And Dave McDowell, I hope you're not that terrible a dancer. I am, so. Mm, I'm not giving myself that. I'm going to give myself a little bit more credit. No, you're a good dancer. You did have the if, ballroom lessons. Yes, even though right now I'm just going, like, we've been doing Go Noodle, which is on YouTube, and there's a little dancer there's like little kid dancing on there. So now it's like banana, banana, meatball, banana, banana, meatball. And that's like, like the new thing that is that my daughter loves, even though she just watches me do it and she doesn't do it herself. Well, I mean, she's just probably astounded at how good of a dancer you are. That must be it. Yep. That's it. For sure. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Um, Watch out this movie. Out of martini glasses. What are you doing? You go, you go just, five out of five. I go five out of five. I go five out of five, too. I think this was a really great movie. Great theme. Um, great love story because, essentially, he doesn't do it for himself, I think. It's just... It's a true feel-good movie. And, shockingly, on this list, there are so few of those. You'd think there'd be a shit ton. No, there are so many where you're just like, well, that was a piece of shit. Now I'm depressed. So thanks, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't get it. No, but this Um, is great. Yeah, this movie was really great. Um, And I do think it deserves. Here's a question for you. Since we're in final thoughts before we end. Is this better than when Harry met Sally? (sighs) I know it's a tough question. 
Oh, I say yes. It is better. Because I love Bill Murray. And I think it's probably the nostalgia of this movie because I've watched this movie like way more. And like it's something that you grow up on. I didn't grow up on Harry when Harry met Sally. So I think I didn't either. I think that's why I'm biased. I might I might try to get Bernard to watch When Harry Met Sally again just to see like and see how I feel. So you guys who are listening, please let us know what's better, this movie or When Harry Met Sally. Because I, uh, I agree, five out of five martini glasses for me. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely watch this again. I will watch this again. I can say that without a doubt. Yeah, same. Especially since it's free on Netflix. If you've never seen this, please, please, please go watch. You will not regret it. Um. Also, drink a French 75 because it's amazing. Oh, or two or three, but make them eight ounces. Yeah, that was a tragic error on my part. (laughs) (laughs) What, um, I did see you finish your little bottle of Prosecco, though, so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what's the next movie on the list, Allison? Enough Said with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Candelfini. Yep. All right, so on Wednesday during nap time, hopefully we cooperate, we will be uh, talking about... Enough said. Enough said. (laughs) Thank you. I was going to say say anything, and that was too podcast. All right, guys. Don't forget to please rate, review, subscribe. Very important to us. Really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at ToastyRomComs and Twitter... A toast to rom-coms. And um, until then, watch up, drink up, and cheers. cheers.